This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Welcome to the Blood Red channel on the morning. The Court of Arbitration for Sport have handed down their ruling on Manchester City's alleged breach of financial fair play. I'm Guy Clark, alongside me, Matt Addison, as we get ready to react, of course, from a Liverpool point of view to the huge news involving their Premier League title rivals, Manchester City. Matt, we've had the news in that Manchester City's ban from European club competitions has been lifted. Of course, it was a two-year ban that initially was imposed on them in February and their fine has been maintained, but it has been reduced to €10 million. Euros. I mean, it's it's a lot of news to try and get our heads around, but essentially Man City are free to play in the Champions League as from next season again. Yeah, I think the the bat, the uh, the ban being obviously taken away completely is the big thing. The fine isn't a particularly important detail, and when there's news as, as big as this, you sort of have to simplify it as much as possible. And I suppose, yeah, that is the the bottom line is that Manchester City, initially having uh, got that ban of of two years, they're now free to play in not just obviously the rest of this year, which they would have done so anyway, but for the next two seasons, it's it's not going to be an issue for them. So. Yeah, for, for Liverpool, plenty of, of implications, which I'm sure we're going to come on to. But I mean, this is just a, a huge story, really, for not just for Manchester City, but for football more generally, for the future of FFP. You have to question, you know, financial fair play, what is going to happen with that in the future? Because, you know, this cash ruling, I think, has, has set a precedent now for, for future teams to possibly find ways around it and things like that. So it's it's going to have a lot of, of widespread implications. And as I say, it's it's breaking news. So we're still trying to take it all in. But yeah, plenty of, of details to go through. Yeah, Manchester City have released a statement says, whilst Manchester City and its legal advisors are yet to review the full ruling by the Court of Arbitration for Sport, the club welcomes the implications of today's ruling as a validation of the club's position and the body of evidence that it was able to present. The club wishes to thank the panel members for their diligence and the due process that they administered. So all of this, Matt, was regarding sponsorship deals that Manchester City had signed and whether or not those had been inflated, of course, close links to the ownership group with the, the Etihad Airways that obviously sponsors the stadium and the sponsorship around the whole city complex. But say they're the city complex, this is a very complex case. Manchester City, with an army of lawyers, have certainly got their way on this. They've got that UEFA club competition uh, ban up up, uh, sorry, uplifted. It's, it's been taken away, as you said before. They can play in the Champions League and that is going to be so vital for Manchester City in terms of keeping the star players that they have brought to the Etihad Stadium. Yeah, I mean, it, it's vital for their finances going forward in terms of FFP, in terms of being in that Champions League. We know how important that is, but you know, even more important than that, it's, it's the future of Pep Guardiola. It's the f- future of Kevin De Bruyne, players like that. De Bruyne, I think, at the age of 29, if if this hadn't happened today, what might have happened with him? Would he have been tempted maybe to, to go and, and move elsewhere? And and plenty of others as well. Raheem Sterling has been linked with Real Madrid for a long time. You know, those links are, are probably not going to go away. And, you know, it wouldn't massively surprise you if at some stage Sterling did end up at, at the Bernabeu. But it doesn't seem to, to sort of be this summer now because of, of today's decision. So I suppose, you know, that's where Liverpool come in. Obviously, if, if City potentially could have been thrown into turmoil and, and star players could have possibly wanted to move away, that possibly would have, have helped Liverpool in, in terms of competing with Manchester City in the future. But of course, the, the flip side of that is that 
you know, in the, the Premier League next season. If City hadn't have been in, in European competition, then, you know, that would have handed them uh, an advantage in terms of trying to win back that Premier League title. So, yeah, I suppose you can look at it in, in one of two ways in terms of the immediate future. I think the, the bigger picture here is that, that City have uh, have got away with it. They've not, you know, obviously got the, the ban, as we keep saying, and, you know, that, that's the, the biggest thing here is that, you know, the, the wider implications, not just for Manchester City, but for the other big teams around Europe. And, you know, Liverpool have, have been big advocates of, of FFP. They've stuck to it, you know, religiously. I think we have to say that. I think, you know, the, the way that John Henry and, and FSG have, have run Liverpool, it's all been with FFP in mind. So I think, you know, certainly they would have been keeping an eye on, on this ruling and, and what happened today. And, yeah, look, I don't think we can really underestimate quite how big this decision is going forward for the finances of football, not just because of, of things that are going on in the world at the moment with coronavirus and things like that, throwing you know this into to uncertainty. It's, you know, even without that, this would have been a huge story. It's something that we've talked about plenty of times between, you know, the ban being given and now the ban being lifted. And it's something that's going to rumble on, I think, because, you know, Manchester City have, have said all along that they had done nothing wrong. They were very, very competent and they have been proven correct. But UEFA must also have, have been equally as confident. Otherwise, they wouldn't have handed out the ban in the first place. So, yeah, quite where it, it leaves UEFA after this decision, who knows? Uh, we've not not heard from them. We have heard from Manchester City and, and their statement has come out. And yeah, as I say, it, it's just got such wide ramifications. It, it's almost hard to, to put into words how important this ruling is today. Yeah, so just to, to summarise it then, Manchester City have successfully overturned their two-year ban then from European club competitions, namely the Champions League. The Court of Arbitration for Sportcasts have announced that the club have been cleared of disguising equity funds. Obviously, the ban that was initially handed down to them in February was after a ruling that City had committed serious breaches of financial fair play between 2012 and 2016. So this is really a historic case that was being heard anyway. And the original fine then has been reduced from initially 30 million euros to 10 million euros. Matt, you've said just then about how the implications this could have on a wider scale for football and the integrity, I suppose, of the financial fair play model. Are we going to see it beyond even its current guys right now with all of that is going on? UEFA have already, of course, through this summer announced that changes will be permitted for this year due to the financial impact of the COVID-19 crisis. But I just wonder, in terms of Liverpool and Manchester City, if this now tips the balance back towards Manchester City, back towards their millions and trillions that they have at their disposal to spend, because we've seen this season no more a, a point in case in the way in which their defence needs repairing. They've got players who are Aging, the likes of Fernandinho, Sergio Aguero won't be around forever. David Silva's going to leave this summer. Pep Guardiola's been looking at a massive rebuild and maybe now has the green light to to push ahead with that. Yeah, I think so. As I say, it, it's such a, a big sort of decision in terms of the, you know, the, the wider thing. But I suppose Manchester City is the biggest issue for, for Liverpool at this moment in time. I think they're the, the closest team that could overtake Liverpool in the Premier League in, in the coming years. So, yeah, for, for Liverpool, I suppose the, the slight concern would be now that Manchester City can essentially just spend whatever they like. Um, look, FFP, I think, has been flawed in the sense that you know it, it is almost trying to create a, a closed shop where the teams at the top stay at the top. 
But look, at the same time, I don't think you can really just let teams spend as, as much as they want. And uh, I think, you know, F- FFP is something that from a Liverpool standpoint, you always would want in place because it, it sort of fits in with the way that Liverpool run their business and, and their business model. But uh, yeah, going forward, I don't think, you know, because of this decision, we will have FFP in the same way that it, it's been. I think there will be some sort of check and, and balance to keep uh, football club spending, you know, within within reason, if you like. Um, but I, I, I do think today we'll see, you know, a, a complete revamp of FFP and, and what form that takes. Who knows? At, at this stage, it, it's far too soon to suggest that. But I do think we've today seen the end of FFP as we know it and, and what implications that could have for Liverpool further down the line. I suppose it just depends how drastic those revamps are. Yeah, only last month it was that UEFA announced that it was, it said temporarily suspending FFP for a financial year in terms to to help clubs with the losses they were going to be facing through no no fault of their own through the the COVID-19 crisis. But with that already a 12-year suspension for FFP, I suppose UEFA in many ways with today's ruling as well have bought themselves time to actually assess and look at it. Because as you say, at the moment, the way in which the model set up, it was brought in to protect clubs really from overspending and overstretching themselves but as you say it's more just actually served to protect those at the top end and now if if we see that go you've got a club even like Everton Newcastle United if they get taken over all of a sudden with perhaps millions in the bank that they'll be able to unlock and really press forward with plans to challenge the establishment I suppose. Yeah, I suppose in in as much as that being the case, it's probably a good thing for those clubs that want to challenge it. It means potentially, you know, depending on what happens with FFP going forward, potentially they might be able to spend a little bit more. And, you know, who knows, it, it might make the Premier League a more competitive place. But I suppose each club has, has got different levels of riches. And if Newcastle United's owners or prospective new owners are, are as rich as, as what we think they are, potentially, you know, considerably richer even than Manchester City, you know, who knows what the, the landscape of football could be long term. I think, you know, what we don't want is for football to become, you know, whoever has the most money wins. And I think it, it's already on that path. And for me, the, the big worry would be that, you know, if FFP was was to be taken away and, you know, today's decision, I think, edges us closer to that being the case at the very, very least. The worry would be that, you know, whoever it was, whether whether it's Manchester City, whether it's Newcastle or, or anybody else going forward, what you don't want is that for one team to have so much money that it's almost irrelevant what the other teams do. So, look, in terms of the competitiveness of football, I think it's it's going to be really, really fascinating to see what happens from here on in with, with FFP and, and where on earth UEFA go next, really, because... Look, I don't think even people inside UEFA would would disagree. I think this is this is a big blow for them. It's a big blow to the the plans that they had, and for teams like Manchester City, for for all the big spenders, PSG, it, it's definitely a big big victory for them. And you know, Liverpool, I suppose, come somewhere in between because you know you you want to be able to compete with those big teams, but you also want that competitiveness and stuff within the Premier League and the Champions League. So. Yeah, the the fallout will continue, I think, at at the very, very least. And it's going to be fascinating to see what UEFA come out with and and what their statement, if if indeed there is a statement from them that that comes from this and and what they do next. You know, who knows? But it's going to be fascinating to, to keep an eye on.
Yeah, it certainly will be. Well, a recap of the news then. Manchester City having that original two-year ban from European club football lifted and they have had their fine reduced from €30 million to €10 million and that due to Cass finding that Manchester City hadn't disguised equity funding as sponsorship contributions but they had failed to cooperate with the UEFA authorities in their initial inquiries. So that is the news out of CAS on this Monday morning that Manchester City will be allowed to continue their participation in the Champions League for the next two seasons after initially being given a ban. I've been Guy Clark alongside me, Matt Addison. We'll have to wait and see the fallout for financial fair play from all of this. But here from the Blood Red channel, it's thanks for your time and company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.